Thank you, Jesus. So we see here that, that the Bible is speaking about a love towards God and He can abide and live with us. And I believe that it's important that we understand that this way is the best way. When we take a look at, at the, uh, uh, the journey of, of the, you know, we see the Exodus and the journey uh, to victory, all right? That's what Canaan land stands for is victory. So we see the journey to victory. What we have to understand is that in this journey to victory, that these people had to understand that God's way was the best way. As a matter of fact, it was really the only way to make it to victory. Amen? Really, I mean, you could take a, a different way and not end up in victory. And we find that because they went around for 40 years, amen, or 38 more years after they got there in two years. So we see that that. It's important for us to understand. Now, we, we, when you read through this, this passage, you read uh, uh, through the, the Exodus and leading up to the first time whenever they came, into, uh, uh, came up to the promised land, what you'll find is that as they're coming up to the promised land, they're getting close and they're understanding. They're living on the promises of God and they're living on the miracles of God. And when they're hungry, bread comes from heaven. Amen. And when they're thirsty, all of a sudden, bread comes out of of a rock. I want to see the rock that enough water can come out of to, 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 to wash clothes and, and cook food and, and, and bathe and keep them hydrated for over two million people. I would like to see the rock that, that could supply that much. So they're looking, they're living off of these miracles. But what we need to understand is that God went up and, and, and he took Moses up to the mountain, was given the commandments, and there was some commandments and some kind of, kind of, I, I, uh, guidelines that we see that uh, uh, that that Moses was beginning to give to the children of Israel, and and what we understand is that once they everybody was fine, they they grumbled a little bit and talked a little bit until they got what they wanted, but everybody was fine with serving that God that was giving them bread and that God that was giving them uh, 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 water and that God that was this and that, but what, but what we need to understand is that when God started telling them how to live, think about this, when God started telling them how to live, they built Another God, the golden calf. Think about that. When God started telling him, when he wasn't doing things exactly how that they, and exactly on their timeline, well, you were up there for too long, and so we needed something to serve. So instead of waiting for you to come down and give us direction, we decided to take it on ourselves and build a calf and worship this calf. You see, we're okay with doing things the way that we want to do them. But when all of a sudden, when you start telling us how to live, that's when we have a problem. But what they didn't understand, church, and this is what I want you to get here this morning, that God wasn't giving them commandments to come down on them and to say, you know what, you got to do things my way and you've got to know what, what they didn't understand is that God was giving them guidelines to the best life that they could live. When he said, don't kill, don't kill your neighbor because he, what he understood is that if somebody committed murder here, then that person would come commit murder here and it would cause a war. So what are you saying, Brother Jeff? God was giving them guidelines to the best life that they could live, but they, but, but they took offense. They don't want to live that life and that's 
the way that we are many times. Oh, Brother Stephen, God begins to come into our life and say, man, if you would just change this, and if you would just get rid of that, and you would just start doing this more, and you would, but all of a sudden, we have a problem with, no, God, we want you to supply our need. We like that scripture, but, but when it comes to, to the love, if we love God, we'll keep your commandments. When it comes to the commandments, oh, we're just going to do the best that we can. Hallelujah. But God's not interested in that. He wants you to live the best life that He's got for you to live. And in order for us to do that, we have to follow after His commands. What does that mean? That means we have to give Him control of our lives. We have to allow Him the steering wheel. Amen? All right, very important. So, I'm kind of taking this concept of Christian living and, and, and obedience and control. And, and, I, and I'm, I, as I was mowing this week, uh, I, one of the days I took my son, Hunter, with me. And uh, so he, when we was mowing, uh, mowing Bob's house over there. And, and uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And so I, I'm over there mowing, and he gets out, and the first thing he wants to do is he wants to go over there and play on some of Matt's kids' toys over there. So he goes over there, he's messing up their stuff. And uh, so he's over there doing that, and so I, I started mowing, and then and I was doing the front yard and everything, and then, and then every now and again, you know, you just kind of go over there to look to make sure that he's still over there, and he wasn't there. So I went around the house and looked, and I looked back, and right where I was mowing, he was just standing there looking at me. Right where I was just mowing, he just standing there looking at me. And so I turned around and I went back and as I started in the mower, I started getting closer to him. All of a sudden, he kind of started backing up a little bit. So what I want to do is I want to take this, this experience that I had uh, uh, with my three-year-old mowing, all right? And I want to apply it to just a, just a parable here, if you will. Just kind of apply it to our Christian living, all right? And compare it to our Christian living. So when, when, when we take a look at our Christian living, we find that in this walk and in our obedience to God and in our uh, ability to be able to do things the best way, His way, there are some things that hold us back. But I believe that it's a process that we go go through getting to the end. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take you through the process of learning how to let God control. So we see, uh, I got a, little, uh, got a little thing here. This is my son's mower. All right. Anybody got a vacuum? <laughs> so this is his mower. One of the most annoying things in the house. I've taken out a couple of the little gear things that make uh, the noise, but it still seems to do the job. <laughs> All right, everybody see that? All right, so whenever I'm out mowing out here, he's usually right beside me, and he's, and he's, uh, he's mowing back and forth, you know, and, and he'll go, if I'm going that way, he'll go that way, you know, and he's, he's always following me, doing what, but, but there came a point in time where he said, you know what, I'm not going to use this mower anymore, I want to mow with Dad. He's looking, he's saying, man, you know what? This mower's not getting much done, so I'm going to mow with that. So I'm going to I'm going to use this little mower here today and just kind of set it up here as kind of a prop. Talking about mowing with dad, all right? So here's what we see. As, as a mowing with a three-year-old, we see here, as I begin to look for him and look around, here he is standing there looking, saying, man, that looks pretty cool. 60 inches of cutting power. 
I mean, that's a pretty big spread. Man, you can get that thing going so fast. You can pop a willy in it. I haven't done that, Bob, just to let you know. You can do, you know, I mean, you can do so many different things, you know, with this. I mean, it's so fast. Matter of fact, when he was on there uh, uh, for a while, he kept saying, this is so fast. This is so fast, Dad. This is so fast. So he looked. He said, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part. So we see in our lives that, that there, need, there, there comes a point in time, and in every one of us that are Christians, there came that point in time where we were tired of setting on the sidelines. We were tired of, of, of playing life and realizing that we weren't making a difference and we had no purpose and we were doing nothing. So we decided to join in uh, with this Christian walk in this Christian way of life. Hallelujah. And so what we did, we sat in there looking, sat in there. We would love to get to join in. Uh, we would love, but that's a pretty big machine there. And there's a lot of things going. There's a lot of things that looks like that may uh, hurt me and a lot of things that I may have to do. So, so the first thing that we've seen with this little three-year-old as we were mowing, as we see that this little three-year-old said, I'm scared. I'm scared. Mandy, the, the handouts are in there. I forgot to do that. If you want to grab a couple of young people and, and give those out. He said, I'm scared. So what does this mean? I'm scared. I'm not getting on that mower. That's the first thing. All right? So we see him. He's sitting there. He's sitting there looking. Is the cutest little thing, little feet together, you know, just sitting there kind of looking. And then here I come, you know, 80 mile an hour, you know, bearing down. And here he is, he's looking, and, and all of a sudden he kind of starts backing away. Matter of fact, it got to a run at one point. He was running. Hold on, son, I'm coming. I see, he was scared. I'm not going to get into this thing. Why? Because I'm scared of it. I'm not, I, I don't want to get into this thing because it, it frightens me. Hallelujah. I don't want to get it. So it, it took a little bit of convincing. So basically he said, I'm scared. I'm not getting on that mower. That's the first point. I'm not getting Why? Because I'm scared. It's too scary to be on that thing. All I want you to understand, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep uh, uh, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, fear, the thing that it says be careful, that means don't be afraid of of anything. So fear, if you take a look at the definition of fear, the noun definition of fear is an unpleasant emotional uh, emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain. Or a threat. Think about that. All right. The verb says this: be afraid, or uh, to, to be afraid of someone or something is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. I like the second definition. Definition on the verb it says: avoid or put off doing something because one is afraid. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you guys have ever done that in your Christian living or in your Christian walk? You said, God, I would love to step out and do something for you, but I'm a little bit scared to step out. Give me a different area. Hallelujah. Give me a different. I don't, I would love to be able to, I'm not, I don't want to be on the stage. Amen. I would love to be able to step out and do that, uh, uh, but I'm not comfortable with installing the security system. <laughs> Brother Lester was doing. So, no, we step out there. We step out. Why? Because we 
we, we, can, we, we may not have faith in ourselves. We may be fearful of the circumstance that's around us. All right? So fear is the arch enemy of faith. All right? Uh, uh, instead of putting faith in our God, uh, uh, we've gotten real good at putting doubt in our God. Think about that. We've gotten real good at putting doubt in our God. So we're supposed to be putting faith in Him. God, I know that you're able to help me through this situation. God, I know you're going to be able to help me to be able to, to, to minister the way that I need to or to be used of you the way that I need to. But I'm allowing fear and doubt to hold me back. So uh, doubt kills more dreams and failure ever will. Think about that. Doubt kills more. Did you know that 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 fear and everything is always a prerequisite of uh, and failure is always a prerequisite uh, of uh, of succeeding? So yeah, it's going to be tough sometimes. But you know what? Uh, we we. We don't need to be focusing on putting doubt in what God can do through it. And what it is, is it's not us putting doubt in God. It's about us putting doubt in ourselves. All right, but remember that if God be for you, who could be against you? And I want you to understand that if God called you to something, and if God in your Christian walk wants you to walk through something, then He will be with you as you go through it. I talked to mom here the other day, and I told her something that really kind of stuck with me. And I feel like that the Holy Ghost impressed on me to tell her this. If God is not going to take you out of it, then He will walk with you through it. Amen? I'm going to tell you, one way or the other, God is going to be the answer. We cannot allow for fear and doubt to hold us back. Hallelujah. So we see here, uh, uh, Max Licato says, meet your fears with faith. Meet your fears with, you guys have heard me say many times, let your faith overcome your fears. Hallelujah. I know it looks dangerous. I know that it's a big machine. I know that mowing with daddy is a little bit scary. Hallelujah. But if you want to get something done, you want to feel accomplishment, jump on the mower and we'll mow together. And at the end of it, you can look and say, I had a part of getting all this. Look how good this looks. I'm going to tell you something, church. If at the end of your life, you want to look and say, I've never done anything, then allow fear to hold you back. If at the end of your life, you want to look back and have regret after regret after regret, then allow doubt to hold you back. Hallelujah. But if at the end of your life, you want to say, I've done something for the kingdom. I've lived my life with no regrets. Hallelujah. Then I want you to know here today that you're going to have to put your doubt and your fears aside and begin to have faith oh, and a faithful God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Put your faith in a faithful God. Hallelujah. So, the second thing that we see is I finally got him on the mower. All right? So, it's one of those that, uh, you know, it's not the steering wheel. It's one of those that's got the little levers. And so, when you push one way, then it, you know, takes you that way. You push the other way. If you pull back, you're going to turn. All right? Anything that you do with that thing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you do something. All right, so the second thing that, that Hunter said was that, first of all, I'm scared. He overcame his fear and he went ahead and got on. Amen. I believe today that there may be somebody here that needs to overcome your fear and go ahead and get on. Amen. Number two, we see he's scared. I'm not getting on that mower to I'm driving. Okay, I'll get on, but I'm in control. Think about that. Man, how many times have we done that in our lives? 
All right? I'll do it. I'll do it, but I'm driving. Oh, come on now. I know I'm not the only one who's done that. All right, I, I, you know, that's fine. I'll go ahead and get on, but give me the controls. And so what we've seen is, is Hunter, he jumps on this mower. He's scared. He's reluctant, but he gets on. And then whenever we start going, you got to get real close to those trees, and then you kind of go around them, and then you swing all the way around the trees, and you go on. But when we started getting close to those trees, all of a sudden I started feeling the controls move. Why was that? Because little Hunter was looking. There's a big tree in the way, Dad. Do you see that big tree in the way? This is scary. Whoa, whoa, let's pull back on this thing. Let's turn this thing. Oh, I'm telling you, and, 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 and he didn't know. I've been doing this for a long time, you know. I can move around that thing. I, can, I know what it's like to navigate around that thing. I know what, I know what I'm doing, son. But him looking just as a, as a boy didn't have enough confidence in his dad to know that I wasn't going to run us right into that tree. And so we find the process here of Christian living that when we begin to live for God at first it's hard for us to get on and then secondly it's hard for us to give up control Amen. It's hard for us to let go. So we say, okay, God, you can have a part of my life, but I'm, I'm going to control around the trees, okay? You can take us through the straight paths, but when we get close to, uh, to the road, then, then I'm going to take control. Hallelujah. And what little Hunter did not understand, and I want you to hear this, what he didn't understand is that he was hurting more than he was helping. Hallelujah. When he began to do that, yeah, it was starting to get out of control. Just let me have control of it son let me get let, let me get around let me do what I do okay so that's what God's telling us a lot of times oh man you're moving it around you're making it hard on me sir you're making it hard on me man if you would just let me have control then I could do what I do hallelujah I could get done with what I get done I can navigate this thing hallelujah so I'm scared I'm driving okay I'll, you or you can get on I'm gonna drive though I'm gonna control Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28, let us know that, that we have to allow God control of our lives. The, the definition of control, the ability to manage a machine, the restriction of an activity, uh, the power to restrain something. Uh, it means uh, 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 limiting or regulating something, okay? So listen to that word, control. When you begin to control something, there's specific words in there that I believe that we need to look at. When you take control, you are managing. You are restricting. You are restraining. You are limiting and you are regulating God. Hallelujah. When you take control, think about that. Oh, I'll let you have it, God. I'll it, but I'm going to I'm going to hold on to the steering wheel. I'm in your car. I'm doing what you want me to do. But 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 I'm going to I'm going to control things. But what we need to understand is that God, when we begin to take hold of things and control things, we are limiting what God can do in that situation. I believe here today that there's somebody here that needs to let go and let God. Hallelujah. Let go and let God. Yes, control to restrict, to restrain, to limit. You see, it's like it's like taking a, 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 you know a big a, a 
big thing of water and taking it down to a little bitty funnel. It doesn't matter how much volume that you have there. All that matters is what it's coming out of. Now, if you'd open that thing up, you could have all the water that you want, but it's restricted to a little stream. Hallelujah. And that's the way that we are many times in our lives, in our Christian living. God says, oh, you just do it my way. Oh, if you would just, I've already got the answers, but you're simply making it harder on me by trying to live the life that you want to live and not letting go of the steering wheel and letting go of the controls. God, help us here today. So the first one's, I'm scared. Second one's, I'm driving. You think you're being safe by grabbing the controls. That's what Hunter thought. But you're actually putting limitations on the driver. Amen? You're making it dangerous for yourself. When you take this Christian life and say, I'm going to be in control. All right. I'm scared. I'm driving. I'm navigating. Okay, you can be in control, but I'll dictate to you where to go. Woo! Lord, help us. I'll dictate to you where you can, you can mow, and this is exactly what happened. We were on one side of the little, the little driveway that, that he has there by the trees and doing that back and forth around the trees, a lot of trees there, and here we are going back and forth, and I'm sitting here driving, and finally he gets to the point to where he's letting go of the controls, and I'm starting to be able to control everything, and then all of a sudden he says, Dad, let's go mow over there. Come on now. Christian living and mowing with a three-year-old. All right, Dad, you can mow, but I'm going to navigate. I'm giving you control, but we're going to make sure that whatever's done is done where I want it done and how I want it done. I believe you can do it, but you have to do it my way. I was listening to David Lamb here the other day, and he said a few things that caught my attention. He talked about a preacher who fasted for 21 days for something to happen. And when it didn't happen his way, he walked away from God. When this answer didn't come, he walked away from God. 21 days of fasting. You see, he put faith in faith. Think about that. His faith was in faith. All right, true faith is giving God the controls and allowing Him to navigate us through life. We need to have more than faith in our faith. We need to have faith in our God. That if it doesn't happen, mm, hallelujah, that if it doesn't happen the way that we, the way that we want it to happen, come on somebody, that God is still in control. That is, even if it doesn't take us down the right road that we think that we need to be going by, 
that God is still in control and He will get us to where He wants us to be the way that He wants us to get there. Hallelujah. What are you saying, brother? Quit telling God where to mow. Hallelujah. Allow God to do things His way. Hallelujah. His way, His time. Oh, how He got it written down here. His way, His time, His glory. Hallelujah. God help us to be able to give it to Him and allow Him to navigate the way that He wants to navigate. God, help us not to dictate to God how He's going to answer our prayers. Hallelujah. Oh, sometimes the greatest answer that you could ever have is no. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, give me that job. God, give me, I want that job. I need that job. I want that. What you didn't know is that God kept you from getting that job because if you were to get that job, then you were going to get caught up with the wrong crowd, somebody. Hallelujah. And you're going to end up losing out with the Lord. He knew that crowd was there. I know it was better pay, but you have to have faith in a faithful God that He can direct your paths and put you on the right road to victory in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm navigating, God. I'm navigating. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. The Bible doesn't say that all things work together for your good. Look at it. It doesn't say all things work together for your good. It says all things work together for good. Did you know I believe that we, that we a lot of times are witnesses by our lives and the junk that we have to go through right. to people that we don't even know. There's sometimes we're going through stuff and we're asking God, why do we have to go through this? Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? And we don't understand that there's somebody watching our lives and their very, their very salvation is pending on whether we're going to be somebody who's just going to be complaining about, well, God's not answering this, God's not answering But they're, they're, they're pending right there on your actions. Maybe somebody you work with, maybe a family member, whatever it is, God's got you in this junk in your life so that you can be a witness to them that no matter what I have to go through, I'm not giving up my faith. Hallelujah. Maybe it's a family member that already gave up their faith, but you're showing them, yeah, I know I had to lose a lot, uh, uh, you know, one of, one of the people that were closest to me at 15 years old. Hallelujah. Oh, but I can tell you that after a time of depression, God helped me to get through. Oh, hallelujah. I stepped out like Peter did on water, began to do things that I never dreamed that I'd be able to do. Hallelujah. It wasn't me that's supposed to be a pastor of the church. That was my brother. But I want you to know here today that God took me in the middle of my storm and done a miracle through me. All that, 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 and it's not anything that I am or anything I can do. And that's what makes it so beautiful is that everyone that knew me knew that it was God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allow God to be the navigator. Hallelujah. Allow Him to have control of not just the immediate controls, but of the direction of your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I'm scared. I'm not getting on that mower. Number two, I'm driving. Okay, I'll get on, but I'm in control. 
Number three, I'm navigating. Okay, you can be in control, but I'll dictate to you where to go. Now we begin to move into, he's been on the mower for a while. He realizes that I can get around the trees. We're talking about the process of Christian living, mowing with a three-year-old. Getting around the trees. He realizes that I'm methodical. All right, that I have a design and I'm, gonna, I'm getting stuff done. And so all of a sudden it begins to change. And now he's saying, I'm comfortable. You're doing pretty good, Dad. You drive. Hallelujah. I'm comfortable. You're getting pretty good, Dad. You're pretty good at this, Dad. You know what? I think I'll, I'll just take my hands off the controls. When we get close to a, to a uh, tree, I'll just grab a hold of you. Mm, come on, somebody. <laughs> hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. We get close to that tree, Dad. I'm not worried about grabbing the control. I know you'll get us around. If I can just keep hold, I know you're not going anywhere. If I can just get a hold of you. See, what you didn't understand is that when you allow God, God's not going to wreck. Why do you think God would wreck? If he wrecks you, he wrecks him. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. What are you saying? When you believe in God, you have faith in your God. You're not just, you're not having faith in your faith. You're having faith in a faithful God. If he does not come through for you in the end, I'm not saying that if he doesn't answer your question just right and do but if 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 he lie if he's lied about this whole thing and doesn't take you and make sure that he that he takes care of your life whether in this life or that which is to come then it's him that that that's on the line guys if you wreck he wrecks hallelujah if this church fails he fails if your family fails he fails come on somebody hallelujah what are you saying brother Jared I'm telling you here today it's time for you to take your hands off the controls on oh, just grab a hold of God and realize he's not going down and as long as I'm with him I'm not going down oh God help us Lord here today to realize that we're serving a God that's in control so we can give up control and be comfortable hallelujah 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 glory to God hallelujah I'm comfortable we're doing pretty good 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Hallelujah. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Man, the last thing I want to do is wreck my three-year-old boy. You know what? I'm extra careful with him on there. Amen. Go a little slower than what I usually go. If I'm coming to a stop, I grab a hold of him before I do. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. God's taking care of you. You can have... You can be comfortable living with him. All right. Next, I'm confident. He went from I'm comfortable to I'm confident. Seems like you uh, are getting the job done, Dad. You navigate. I'm going to quit telling you where to go. Had to tell him, son, I know what I'm doing, Bubba. I do this side first, then we go to that side, and I do that side. Okay. When we got done with that, we went over there to where he wanted to go, and we started doing that side. He was cool with that. Where are we going next, Dad? He went from being comfortable right. to confident. 
<laughs> I'm talking about your Christian living here. There's a point in time when you're comfortable with God. And you're saying, okay, God, we, I'm comfortable with you right now. You know, I don't have to be in control. I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel, and I'm allowing you to take me and direct me and have me. But then there comes a time whenever you become confident in God. Hallelujah. All we find is you seem like you're getting these. You go ahead and take control. You navigate. You go ahead and take me these next five years. You go ahead, and that's when we really begin to trust in him. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, Nay, and all these things... We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What we find is that there comes a time when you lay the GPS down and say, your will, your way, your time, your glory, I'm giving it to you, God. I have confidence. It's not that I'm just comfortable now, but I have confidence in the way that you're taking me. Hallelujah. I've seen mom and dad do it. They seem to turn all right. I've seen the elders do it. They seem to be doing good. i got a grandma sitting back here at 60-some years old, and she's doing pretty good. She gets up and testifies about how that she never do it any other way. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Jared? I can, I can tell you here today, you don't have to just be comfortable in the way that God's got you in and in this Christian life. You can be confident in this Christian life. Hallelujah. Maybe there's somebody here today that's going to move from, from, from uh, taking your hands off the controls to trusting God in the direction that He's got you going. Hallelujah. Oh, come on somebody. Maybe it's time for you to say, God, it's not just about the hearing now and I'm praying for this and casting this upon you but somebody who's saying you know what I'm praying and I'm casting my next five years on you I'm casting my future on you God I'm going to do what you have me to do I'm going to go where you want me to go I'm going to say what you want me to say hallelujah why because I have confidence in you hallelujah and then the last point here he goes from I'm comfortable to I'm confident to I'm content. Listen to this. Wake me up after, or wake me up at lunch. Now he didn't do it this time. He didn't fall asleep this time. But I've had him on the mower before, and I'm driving along. Not this specific mower, but the one with the you know, the little old John Deere. Driving, and all of a sudden, he just, he just lamp, he just sleeping. Any other guys have your, your, your kids do it? Travis has got some of you. Yeah, Davey? Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Listen to this. Listen. This is so key. Talking about Christian living and mowing with the three-year-old. In whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. There comes a point in time in your Christian walk where you can say, it doesn't matter if it's summer, it doesn't matter if it's spring, doesn't matter if it's winter, doesn't matter if it's fall, doesn't matter if it's on the mountaintop, doesn't matter if it's in the valley, doesn't matter if it's in the wilderness, doesn't matter if it's in the storm, doesn't matter if it's a beautiful, whatever it is, I have learned to be content. Hallelujah. Wake me up at lunch, Lord. Hallelujah. In other words, I'm so, I'm so confident and I'm so comfortable with you that if you drive me five miles over here to mow this lawn, just wake me up whenever you're done. Hallelujah. Think about that concept. Think about that. Christian living. Don't question where God's got you in this season. 
Amen? Do everything you know to follow after him. And once you know that you're right directly with him and God's moving and he's helping you in your life, be comfortable. Amen? Be comfortable. Be confident. Oh, that you're serving a God that loves you. So casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. Be confident in his love for you. I love the writer said, I love him. Why? Because he first loved me. Hallelujah. I sacrificed for him. Why? Because he first sacrificed for me. Hallelujah. That's the reason why we can have confidence. It's because of his love for us. To the point that we could just say, hey, wake me up. When it's time to eat, Lord. I have such a confidence. I'm so comfortable that I'm content in wherever you want me to go and whatever you want me to do. I'm going to tell you something. There are very strong Christians, very, very dedicated Christians that have problems with this right here. Listen to me. You say, I know I'm going long. I'm, I'm sorry. And Mandy tells me never to say that because everybody looked at your watch right now, right? I'll just tell you, it's, it's 1.30, okay? <laughs> I'm just teasing. But the, the problem is, is that, you know, we have confidence that God's going to take us where he wants to take us. We're comfortable with giving him control. But we're just mad that we're where we're at. found whatsoever stereo to be content we're talking about a man here second corinthians 11 tells us in labor more abundant he said in second timothy 2 or 3 12 paul says this yea and all that will live godly it's living by god christian living all that will live godly listen shall suffer persecution 2nd Corinthians 11 says in labors more abundantly in stripes above measure can't even count them in prisons more frequently face death often he says from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one three times I was beaten with a rod I'm talking about this is a man who's saying I'm content wherever I'm at. Come on, church. We get mad if we, if, if we can't make the electric bill. I'm talking about somebody who has beat, was beaten with a rod three times. Once I was stoned. The Bible says in that, it said, the, it said that, they, that they stoned him, Brother Zach. And when they stoned him, said that the Spirit raised him up. That You read it, it said the Spirit raised They left him for dead. The Bible said, that, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You're trying to kill somebody, you're not going to leave it halfway done. They left him for dead. There's no doubt in my, my mind that there were bones that were broken. They probably, I, I'm just saying, this is, I know there's a little exegesis here. Busting the teeth out, they're trying to do it. You're not going to talk. You're not going to preach another sermon. You're, you're, they're telling Paul you're not going to do another thing all oh, but the spirit raised him up he beat him back to town in whatsoever state I am I have learned to be content as he's sitting there feeling the pain of the rocks that are beaten against his body I have found in whatsoever state I am there with to be content somebody in this building here today have been sitting back saying I know you how you're in control I'm comfortable with you but I'm just mad that I'm in the position that I'm at and God 
God's looking at you and saying, oh, you don't understand what it's like to live a content life in me. God, help us not to just learn how to get through it, but to learn to go through with a smile on our face, saying, God, I have complete confidence that you're going to bring me through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Night and day in the deep, three times shipwrecked, journeyed often. Perils of water, in perils of robbery, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness. Content, guys, content, think content. All of these things he's gone. Perils in the sea, in perils in false brethren, in weary. Oh, you talking about we got to be happy when somebody in the church is coming against us? We can still be content in where we're at with God, even when something isn't right with our brother. Can you say amen? Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, it's getting fun now. Hallelujah. On oh, perils in the wilderness, in the sea, in perils in false brethren, weariness and toil, in sleepiness often. He said, I'm tired. I'm weary in hunger and in thirst. Oh my God, help us. In fasting often, in cold and nakedness, besides uh, the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. There's more uh, also where that came from that, that happened later on. Shipwrecked once again. Snake bitten. I'm going to tell you something. In everything that he'd done, he learned to be content. And because he was in, a, 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 had confidence in his God and content where when he's snake bitten. Oh, I'm telling you, Brother Stephen, God uses that season of his life and God uses that time oh, for him to step out and to see a revival break loose on an island that would forever change it. My God, help us to learn what it's like oh, to be content with God in our seasons. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand all across the building here today.